Welcome to day 98 of Rockcliffe's 365 Days of the Bible. Today I want to share a highlight from our readings, which can be found in Samuel chapter 4 through 8, with a focus on Samuel chapter 4, verses 3 to 11. And the people came to the camp. The elders of the Lord said, Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord here from Shiloh, that it may come among us and save us from the power of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. As soon as the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel gave a mighty shout, so that the earth resounded. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shouting, they said, What does this great shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And when they learned that the ark of the Lord had come to the camp, the Philistines were afraid, for they said, A god has come onto the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with every sort of plague in the wilderness. Take courage and be men, O Philistines, lest you become slaves to the Hebrews, as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and they fled every man to his home. And there was a great slaughter, for thirty thousand foot soldiers of Israel fell. And the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. This is a great cautionary tale. Fear takes hold of the people of Israel because they've already suffered a defeat against the Philistines. And normally they're used to God delivering them or going before them and winning battles because God is actively engaged in their warfare and he is delivering them. He's either you know, giving them advantages, spiritual uh, power. You know, it's Throughout the Old Testament, we read about God doing these incredible things. And yet, fear takes hold. And they resort to what I would call manipulation of the will of God. Ah, God hasn't been with us, but if we bring his ark to us, surely he will do what we want. Surely he wouldn't let himself, the ark, be captured by the Philistines. And this is very interesting theology and thinking. Because while the presence of God is said to rest on the cherubim of the Ark of the Covenant... It doesn't say that that is exclusively the only place that God is. And yet, in pagan theology, that's exactly what happened. Where altars were is where the God was worshipped and we're almost confined to. We even know this because the Philistines say, you know, gods have come into the camp of the Israelites. And yet Israel was so excited when the ark came in that they cheered so loudly that the Philistines uh, had to figure out what was going on and then became afraid and yet turned around and said, you know, let's be men and fight. Let's go uh, lest we lose and become their slaves. And they win. And they capture the ark. This would have been one of the most brutal defeats that the Israelites could have. Because remember, the ark of the covenant was part of the sacrificial methods for forgiveness. All of their aspects of worship and offering had to do with this Ark of the Covenant, right? And so to have it captured meant a 
huge element of Israel's um, means of forgiveness and and worship had just been taken away. Like this, this was a cornerstone part of their culture. And yet what it comes from is the thought that surely God will do what we want because we've brought him to the place where we want and he won't let himself be defeated. And God surely wasn't defeated that day. Them having the ark wasn't akin to them capturing God. But probably seemed that way to the Israelites. Probably seemed that way to the Philistines. In fact, the Philistines are so afraid of the Ark of the Covenant that they show it more respect than the, than the Israelites did. And yet, the Israelites couldn't stop and think about why God hadn't delivered them. And they resort first and foremost to, we'll just take the Ark with us. Rather than have a reflection and inquire of God, they try and manipulate. And really, the issue is, is that Israel at this time was living in chaos and in sin. And even the priests, we read about, uh, we read about yesterday, the, the priests were doing detestable abominations to the sacrifices. They were essentially taking them before they were offered to God and taking the best parts to eat and gorge on. And Eli couldn't control his sons, Eli being the high priest. And it just resulted in chaos for the nation. And so what we see here is when leadership is not doing what God's asked it to, you know, we can't expect the people to do any better. Now, that being said, is your faith and your growth is not directly tied to leader. But you need to be real careful about what kind of leader and what kind of teachings you submit yourself to. Some of us get way too entrenched and we read like 80 books and we're listening to 100 podcasts and we're, we're submitting ourselves to so many different leaders, not understanding what authority and what teaching we're placing ourselves under. We need to be careful that we're not looking for teaching that helps us manipulate God. And sometimes we do this. There are lots of theological teachings out there that are really easy to follow. One of them is, you know, if I ask God for, for anything, he'll give it to me. And it's, it's prosperity. And it's God only wants my good. And it's a false teaching. And it will ultimately lead to our destruction and the destruction of our faith. Because when we believe that God will only do good things for us, will only be prosperous, will only be victorious, then anytime something bad happens, we take it out on God, and which isn't fair, and it's not good teaching, because we are told by Christ that we will face affliction, we'll face hardship, and that we're told in James that it's good for our growth. Right? But what we see here is that <laughs> Eli's sons have been misleading Israel. Right? We'll take the altar. We'll, we'll, we'll take the Ark of the Covenant. And, and that will fix things. And the people follow them. And it leads to 30,000 people dying. And it leads to the capture of one of the most critical parts of their culture. Honestly, the, the moral of, of this story is don't try to manipulate the will of God. Don't try and create a convenient teaching that if I do A and B, I will always get C. We need, one, to submit ourselves to wise, godly teachers. And who... We need to be looking at when we face opposition, we need to be looking to God for help, not trying to forcefully create a circumstance where God has to help. And I know that might seem like splitting hairs, but it's it's an important lesson to know. The other thing is it's the importance of understanding scripture within context. 
A lot of time we'll quote scriptures over our lives, but we need to understand the context by which we're claiming those promises. My challenge to you is when you're praying, pray sincerely. When you're re- looking to scripture for encouragement, make sure that you're looking all around the scripture, not just bits and pieces. Let all of it, the good and the bad, the hard and the easy, let it penetrate you. Let it get into your heart and let it grow you. Because there's so much good there. May you be encouraged by this spirit and built up in the word. Join us tomorrow for another highlight. And until then, be blessed.